Some say that alongside this see-it-to-believe-it world is the shadowy realm of the supernatural. Sometimes the residents of that dimension touch us, and in one moment, our lives are changed forever. America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, Mary Ann Pohl, is your real ghost chatter host. On this podcast, you'll hear stories by real people who have seen real ghosts. Once in a while, Mary Ann will podcast a tale taken from the genre she loves best, the supernatural. Welcome to today's Real Ghost Chatter episode. Welcome to Real Ghost Chatter. I'm Mary Ann Paul, America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, a charter member of a wonderful group of authors called Author Masterminds, and your host on Real Ghost Chatter. I'm excited to have Paul Lom on the show today. Paul is the founding member of the Victorian House Ghost Guild in Millersburg, Ohio. Growing up as an empath with clairvoyant abilities, he has always been interested in the paranormal. In recent years, Paul has focused on energy medicine and mediumship to help family and friends. If you would like to know more about the Victorian House and get in contact with Paul if you have questions, you can contact them on Facebook. They have a group. It is V-H-G-H-O-S-T-G-U-I-L-D. So it is V-H, like Victorian House, Ghost Guild. If you search that on Facebook, you can find them there. Welcome to the show, Paul. I'm really excited about talking to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well, but I'm excited. <laughs> a little nervous. You don't need to be nervous, but I understand nervous. <laughs> I've done a lot of these shows and I still trip over my own tongue. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I mean, you have got so much that you do being a medium and, and well, the mediumship and then the empath. I guess I was going to start in with other things, but first I'm going to ask you to just explain to people and what an empath is and how it feels to be an empath with clairvoyant abilities. Do you see things? Do you hear things? Do you, do you feel them? You let people understand what it's like to live in that kind of a world. Well, it, it, okay. It actually, it kind of be all of the above in some ways, depending on the person. But for me, the empath part is, is the feeling part, you know, where you feel, you feel someone else's pain or suffering or happiness. Even it can be good at, you know, positive and the, and the negative side of it, but you feel what they're going through. It's like you were living it as well. So often, you know, you can, you can watch the news, for example, and see, you know, something we use again, a negative type of thing, but like in a car accident or, or something like that. And you will, you can literally sometimes feel that pain. It can, it can be kind of overwhelming for some people. They don't know how to, to control it or to shield themselves, if you will, from that, but you're just, you're in tune to what other people are feeling. So that's, that's the empath piece of it, at least for me, uh-huh. you know, you grow up and, you, and people will tell you, well, you're just sensitive. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it means more than just being sensitive. It means, no, you actually feel those things. Like you'll see something and it'll bring tears to your eyes. You're like, why do I feel this way? And often like growing up, you, you don't know why you feel that way until you start to read it or somebody tells you, well, you're an empath. Well, what's an empath? And then you go look that up and you're like, Oh, oh, so now I know why I've seen things. And I'm thinking, well, that's, I'm, this isn't me. And sometimes you have to ask yourself that question when you feel something like, wait a minute, is this me? 
And you sometimes look, the answer will be, well, no, this really isn't me. I'm picking up on somebody else's energy. You've probably heard the term, people have heard the term psychic vampires. You know, uh-huh. you'll be around somebody like, oh, I feel drained. A form of being an empath. They're, they're draining your energy because you don't, you aren't shielding yourself from letting, from them pulling on your energy. Oh my. Well, it makes sense to me, but, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. How do you, okay, you've got the clairvoyant abilities, which to me would mean that you can see spirits and hear them. Yes. You can see spirits. You, I mean, clairvoyance kind of like a, as from, again, from my perspective, and I'm kind of a newbie. It's a, a lot of this. I don't know all the terms, but it's, it can, it encompasses, encompasses a lot. For me, it's having premonitions. It's uh, maybe, you know, again, being able to talk, you know, yeah, like a medium and talk with the spirit world. It can be a little bit of everything. I used to, growing up, would have a lot of premonitions. You know, you'd know something was going to happen, and then it would happen. You oh, know? wow, yeah. You know what somebody was going to say, and then all of a sudden they're saying it, and you're like, and then they're going to say this, 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 and this, and it would be a whole little chunk of time that literally was in your head before they ever said it, and you could see what was what else they were going to say in, you know, in the next 15 or 20 seconds. Used to have that a lot. Here in life, it's been more of that mediumship and the whole communicating with the, with the spirit world and, and people who have departed. And that's happened more for me. But there's always been some of that, you know, especially at the time when somebody departs, you'll, you'll get more you know, messages from the other side. But I've done more of that in the last number of years, really after my grandmother and then my re- most recently with my mother passing here a few years back. It's become very, very prevalent for me. Um, in the last three or four years because of the, my mom passing, I believe. Oh, because you think that probably opened you up even more. Is that what you're saying? I think that, oh, it absolutely opened me up because she she came back to, I mean, I had a lot of signs like people will have after she passed, you know, the cardinal in the driveway after her, you know, after we went to, you know, pick out the casket and stuff, we came back and here's this cardinal lands in the driveway in front of me, won't let me park my car. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's the sign because you've heard of those things and thinking, okay, yeah, does that really happen? And it's like, I'm really getting that, you know, and then you're just feeling blessed. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm really getting a sign, you know? Yes. There for the longest time. And I stopped the car and I'm looking at it. It's looking at me. Then it flew up to the tree right above me and just looked at me. And I'm like, okay, thank you, mom. And and you just knew because after we had to make all, you know, of casket and all, all that stuff, because we didn't get a chance to do that beforehand. It was a comforting, you know, in in a way and definitely surreal in another way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) Especially uh, when you're trying to come to grips with it. When you're trying to come to grips with what had just happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is so amazing. Yes, I definitely opened up my ability to, to, to communicate. And since that time, you know, since my, really since my mom passing, and again, I, when I dove really into this was while she was ill, I was her primary caregiver for for the last couple of years, did a lot with her, you know, on the one-on-one. We became even really, really close, even closer than we were. And it really, I think it just opened me up to that because we, I still communicate with her pretty, every day. I mean, I, she, she will give me messages and, and is there. And, but after that time, then anyone else, other family members has passed since that and her family as well as my extended family, they all come through. So it's like, once they know that you can hear them mm-hmm. and get off on, on, a, on that another subject, but once they know that you hear them, then they'll come to talk to you. Like, Oh, you can hear us, you know? And so then they'll come talk, you know, <laughs> give you the message that, Oh, well tell them this or tell them that it's comforting. 
I had, you know, another situation. I'm talking to kind of again. I'm on a tangent. I apologize. <laughs> you're not on a tangent. You, you're, uh, great. About, about death, but I had my my sister-in-law's after my mom passed here, and it's been just over three years. Well, recently, her brother passed. Her older brother. You know, at the funeral, I would I could see him, and he was he was he would move from from family member to family member to comfort them. Same thing happened when my when my sister-in-law's father passed. And he was always a jokester, always liked to do, cut up and make jokes. And he was laughing and running around to the front. And I told my sister-in-law that. I wasn't sure how she would take it. She's a physician and very, you know, it's, you know, very, very structured in her in, in, in her beliefs. And I'm like, your dad was, he was sitting right here with us and he was, had his arm around your mom and you. And he's making jokes <laughs> up there giving, you know, telling stories about him. He's making, he's just like he would have if he had been there. What I see is like, it's just like, they're still here. They're just in a, they're in a, in a different dimension, you know, or a different plane or whatever that right term is. It, the veil is, can be very thin if you let it be. You know, mm-hmm. They can feel, they can see, they're just, but they're complete and they're whole. You know, they're not in pain. They're not, they don't have the, the limitations that we have as being physical. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Wow, that's really cool. So how did she take that, by the way? She actually took it pretty well. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure, but she actually took it really well because I'm like, do I tell him? Because he's like, you need to tell her. He kept telling me, you need to tell him. Like, I'm like, and I won't use his name. But I said, oh, she's not going to. And he's like, no, you need to tell her. And I'm like, fine. You know, I'll tell her. And, and I did, and she did. She, I mean, she appreciated it. I don't know if she totally believed it, but I know, you know what I mean? It, it, hopefully it was comforting to her because it, it's very real. They're not, they're not gone. I mean, they're gone from my life and we feel that loss, the physical loss. I and I still feel it with my mom. You feel the loss. Like sometimes you're like, I just want to be able to, and, and right now for me now, even, even knowing what I know and what I believe, it's like they're right there. And, and, you, and eventually that becomes enough or that becomes okay. But it takes time because we have to go through that grieving process and that sense of physical loss that we have. And everybody moves through that at a different pace and in a different way. I agree. So. That makes sense. I, and it's hard if you can't hug them anymore. So. And that, that's the worst part. Absolutely. You just want to hug them, you know, yes. and sometimes this will sound probably corny and I'll, but I'll share it anyway. Sometimes like that, like with, with my mom again, in, in, in the last couple of years, it was, you're pretty much a hundred percent with them all the time and you're doing it. They, they go back to being a child. if not an infant, you know, everything for them. And so you just, we would wake up and she, you know, you get her out of bed and you put her to bed and you were there all the time in between. But just having that touch, you know, having them be able to kiss you on the cheek or, you know, you kiss them on the forehead before they fell off to sleep and you can't do that. That's the hardest part. You know, sometimes I'll kiss the, you know, the back of my hand and just say, you know, when I feel mom's here, I feel her presence. And I'll just say, I, I've got to do this just to, to feel it, you know, just to do the, 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 the sense of being able to, you know, give you a little a kiss goodnight or, or thank you for, you know, being here. I can see doing that. I understand. It doesn't sound crazy or anything to me. Yeah. You know, but, we're so close, especially since you can see them. That's really hard because you can't grab her and hold her in midair, you know? Exactly. That, that's exactly. That's the hard part. It's like they're there. And you, and when you, when I say see them, you, for me, and it's different for different people. I mean, sometimes we can see apparitions and I have seen that, you know, where people, they literally manifest ghosts. But like for me with, with my, with my mother or with other relatives and, and, and stuff that have crossed over there, it's only, it's in your mind's eye. But when you look, you can see, you can see right where they're at. You can, you know that they're there. It's like, again, like it's like a very thin veil and their energy is, is right there. They'll come and they'll sit beside you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was raised in, in, as a Catholic and I, I remember the priest saying this and even, you know, not all that long ago, he would say that, you know, if you ask, they will come. 
one comes to you, they, they will be there. And and I thought, I 100% agree with that. It's like one of the things I 100% agree with in the, <laughs> when it comes to religion. But, you know, <laughs> um, but literally, it, you know, and so if you ask them to come, they're there. You just have to believe. It comes back, it comes down to kind of faith in, in, your, in your belief. It's just like manifesting. You have to believe that they're there. And it'll start to become clear. It's very slow, but it starts to, you start to see it and feel it and you start to just know it in your heart and in your soul. You'll know that they're there and, you, and you'll see it and you're like, they're there. And that's good. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, I don't ask for that myself, but you yeah. know, I'm, I'm kind of a chicken about that kind of stuff, as you know. So literally <laughs> I don't, but I think other people doing that is, is great. You know, especially yeah. if you're comfortable doing it. I think it's wonderful. Right. Right. Me, I, I just kind of go, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I'll be doing. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I don't do these really like you are. You really get to practice the paranormal a lot because you're in the Victorian house. And, oh, my gosh, that place yes. is just full of some amazing people. You get to talk to the ethereal all the time. Yeah, the house, the Victorian house mansion is, it is really amazing. There is so much activity there. Not always, and it's not, it's not the kind that you see on TV where, you know, there's stuff flying off the walls and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. We'll move. We've had things move and, you know, that, that has happened and people have experienced that. The, but the energy there is so positive and it's what we, mostly what comes through for us there, just to talk a little bit about that is past residents that, you know, the people that built the house and then people that lived there a few years later. Cause actually the family that built the house that moved, moved down from Cleveland, only were there for a, a, just a few short years before they moved on um, because his business outgrew the factory that he had. So he moved on and it actually was a, uh, a sanitarium for a very short period of time. So a group came in and bought it and turned it into a sanitarium for a couple of years. So they did operations in the third floor in the ballroom there. Um, so you a lot of, there's a lot of spirits that have, have a tie or a link to that house. Um, before it went back to another family who had it for a much longer period and then it passed down through that family. So, there, but there's a lot of different entities and spirits that are, that are, have a, have a link to that house, you know, especially since they did some operations there and it was, and, and it was a sanitarium for a short period of time. Right. Um, and sometimes it's hard to know who's coming through, but we usually, most of the time, we almost always get, it's like you're going home. You walk in the house and the spirits, you know, especially with our, our small group that we have, you feel like you're coming home. When you walk in, they, they'll welcome you home. Um, and, and it's usually, and it'll be both families. It'll be the Lee family, which is the most recent, and Brightman's, who actually built the house. And they'll come, some of the families, you know, members of the family and some of the kids will come, and you'll just feel very welcomed. It's it's really a really cool thing. And we've, huh. the nice part about it is we've had other people confirm these things. You know, they've seen the little girl. We have a little girl, you know, that often are seen and we have a lot of people who come visit the mansion because it is part of the Holmes County Historical Society so it's it functions as a museum mm-hmm. right for, for the the local county and so people will come visit and don't know any history about the house or that it's quote haunted unquote and they'll they'll have experiences people think it has to happen at night most of the time it happens during the day oh wow they'll be <laughs> putting the house and they're like you know you know we saw this person down in the basement and then get on another story but there's a couple of the past residents of the house or actually husbands of the family that used to own the house as husbands of the and daughter of one of the residents are in the basement I've identified a couple of them and they one of them's a little grumpy you know he, he's just a little grumpy so he's like yeah you know leave me alone <laughs> and he'll tell people it's time for you to leave <laughs> and I was in the basement and said it was time for us to leave. That's rude. You're volunteering. And, and they go to the front desk and the front desk person will go, 
there's no one else in the house. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. No one else is in the house. I'm sorry. And then they kind of get that funny look and go, okay, do you want to fill out a, a, make this little form that people can fill out if had an experience? And then they're like, yeah, okay. And some of them will and some are like, yep, see you bye. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Yeah. That was that real to these people that they thought there was another person with them and telling them to get out and being rude, huh? I mean, you know, the group, you know, I mean, you have paranormal investigators or get so, we almost get jealous. Like, why do you get to see a manifestation, you know, ghost and we, you know, we beg for it and we can't see it. (laughs) Exactly. What is that about? Don't you wonder? (laughs) It does make you wonder. It does. The other thing, and, and, and it happens a lot, you know, when people come in, families will come in with their children, the children will see things. They'll see the the little girl. They'll see, some of them will see a cat. There's a cat that, you know, but you've had, Different people report the same things, you know, that just have visited the house that know nothing about the house from, you know, somewhere else. And so they have, have all these records over the years of the same type of stories, seeing the same types of people, the little girl, grumpy old, the grumpy guy in the basement, <laughs> stuff like that. Then the, it's just, it's really interesting uh, that, that those things happen. To me, it's, it kind of validates that there's got to be something to it because they didn't know the stories. You know, it wasn't like we said, well, here, read the story about all the things that happened and now tell us what happened to you. You know, they had no idea. So <laughs> that is so amazing because usually people have to work really hard to get anything to come. Yeah. yeah it yeah. sounds to me like depending on the person, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> depending on who comes out. <laughs> sometimes, and I, I, I swear, sometimes it's the people that are the non-believers who think there's nothing after where they're the ones that they're like, yeah, we're going to poke, you know, we're going to just tease you because we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to tease you because you don't believe, you know what I mean? I know. And, you know, I said that to Rosella. I said that, and that those are the ones that usually get whacked upside the head or something. <laughs> the ones that are like, oh, I don't believe in anything. And then all of a sudden, wham. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that is really funny. So that happens there, does it? It does. It does. And it, and it happens fairly often. It's kind of surprising. It's like a challenge, don't you think? <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you really have some spirits there that, in my opinion, are pretty pretty spunky. We have. Um, yes. Yes. So the old guy, there's another gentleman, two of them. Again, they were past relatives. We, we think they're past relatives who's very ornery, you know, and he, he likes to pinch, pinch the girls, pull their hair, you know, stuff like that. And so and it, just we've got just tons of documentation from people like someone pulled my hair you know and we'll do the, the even the tours where we have we, we do some paranormal tours ghost you know hunting tours especially huh? and people will come through and they'll talk about you know pulled my pulled my hair and we've had we've had people turn around and slap their boyfriend because they thought they were you know poking, <laughs> like, I, I didn't touch you you know <laughs> It, and more than once that stuff happens and we just, and then like, what the heck is that? And we start laughing and tell them the story. Well, it happened like to quite a few people, you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, cause there's some, why are you, why are you poking me? Like, I, I'm not touching you. <laughs> Told you they're spunky. Yeah, <laughs> oh, let's see if we can cause a fight. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they really are. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. So oh, that's wonderful. I, okay, so I don't know which to ask you about here. Energy okay. medicine, because that sounds really, because you told me about that somewhat, and it sounds really good. Or, but I think we'll hold the dousing rod 
until later because until the last okay. of the show. Okay. So let's do the energy medicine and talk about that and how it helps others and how you help others doing that. Because I think people, I understand it somewhat, but I don't understand it like you do. Okay. Well, again, I'm still very much a novice, but I, I really got a focus on energy healing, especially you know, when my mother was dealing with a lot of different health ailments. I really started reading more about that, talking to people, talking to some other energy healers and, and light uh, practitioners. And so I, I kind of dove in it from that. So from, from my perspective, I started doing energy healing from the, from the focus of using healing meditation and that you focus on your loved ones and others. And so you basically, it's a meditation process where you, you, you do a meditation process that you are, you're basically manifesting healing, either in yourself or in others, and you can channel that to someone else. So I did a lot of healing meditations. And there's a, a lot of resources out there. People just Google that type of thing. They'll, you know, they'll find those things, but it's about doing meditations and it's about manifesting that. And basically it, it's a prayer, if you will, if that makes more sense to people. But you focus on them being surrounded by a white healing light and that it comes in, in into them. And as you get ready to do this, this meditation, what I do is I focus on breathing in the positive and exhaling the negative. Uh-huh. About getting rid of the negative and pulling in the positive. And then you focus on that white healing light coming in and, and you're grounded. So it's coming up from the ground through you and as well as coming down from, from the heavens through your, the crown of your head. And it, it, that white healing light comes in and it spins and everything has a vibration. So you'll feel a vi- almost a vibration with it and it'll spin and it literally any darkness that you might have in your, in yourself or in someone else. If say, if it's a, if it's a specific ailment that you're, that you're thinking about, you focus on that darkness and you focus on the light literally dispelling all the darkness out of that person's body, either yourself or someone else. And that's kind of the overview, I guess, of, you know, part of what goes into that meditation. And you just really focus on uh, on that, that you, and you just, you, you will them to, to, to be healed, that that universal light. Again, to me, that's coming from God, from from the universe, you know what I mean, that, that heals them, because there is good, there's good and there's evil out there. We all know that. So yes. on the good, you focus on that white healing light, because good always wins in the end, if you focus on the good. Well, amen. I believe that. I know good always wins. Fighting through the battle sometimes like that kind of, when people are in that kind of illness, it's very difficult. So, so my, my experience with that probably personally has been, again, with my mom, she had a number of different ailments and we would, and she was very, got very much into this as well, which was kind of a departure from being raised, you know, very devout Catholic. And, but mom was always open to that. And her mother was always open to that. You know what I mean? It was like, they knew there was more, more, they were very, very spiritual people. And mm-hmm. I, I'm lucky. I think that's why where I got it from, obviously, you know, is from family. But we would do some of these meditations together. So I would have her and they're very powerful. Again, kind of like, you know, when they talk about prayer, the more people that pray for something, the stronger, you know, that prayer is. So if you get multiple people meditating and manifesting and praying for that healing, it does work. And there's just millions of signs of that. I mean, you hear about these stories every day. For me personally, with my mom, we had, we just had so many stories where the doctors would go, I don't know what happened. And so, because she would literally defy the things that were supposed to happen for years until it was her time. Cause right. time. when it's our time, it's our time, but it doesn't have, if it's not our time and if we're not ready, then it's not our time. You know, you know, in that situation, I think it's, it, it's important if it, you can be ready, you know what I mean? And especially if you're, you know, if you're a religious person or a spiritual person, you know, when, when you're ready, when it's time. 
And well, I think that's true. And I think fighting it is kind of silly. Right. Because really and truly, just quickly, I agree. I believe our days are numbered on this earth. And when it's time, it's time. But until then, we try to live the most quality life we can. Right. And so what you did with your mom sounds just great. And what's really wonderful to hear is all the doctors going, oh, my gosh, we don't know what happened. You know, these are miracles we're talking about. Right. And and, I, and, I, and I've had, and we, there was a lot of different doctors, a lot of different things. And, and it was tough because with medicine, you know, if you've got one thing wrong, they can focus on it. When you've got seven things going on. Oh, yeah. It's one thing and it's breaking something else. You know what I mean? Science is not an exact science, especially medical science. I mean, yes. that's why I call it a practice. <laughs> so much that we know and so much we don't know. And I, I, I for me, I, I know that it's like you want, if there's something, if you need something done medically, you hope and pray that it's something that we know something about. Because there's so much of it that, like you said, is is they're like we're gonna it's practice. We're gonna try this. We'll try this. We'll try that. Well, exactly. And when there's multiple things, it makes it difficult the way we're structured with all our specialists. That one will do this, and you and you need that advocate. I'm you know, kind of gonna again off on my tangent, but everybody needs in health wise, you need an advocate, someone who can pull this all together, keep track of what's going on, especially if you know you've got a you know an 80 year old family member or somebody you're taking care of, you know, that you need somebody that's going to be their advocate. You need to pull this stuff together and make sure and ask the questions and push for the right thing. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, you know, because I have had to advocate for my father and other people. You really yeah. have to have somebody helping you. You're when so they get much. to be, yeah. they just don't listen very well to people. And everybody hears something different, you know? You right. About, and they'll pick up one piece. And, and especially when it's happening to you, you hear one thing, they say, well, you've got this problem. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got this problem. And then the next three minutes, you missed. <laughs> well, exactly. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're stuck. <laughs> You know, now, and then you told me what? Uh, and so, yeah, it, it makes it, uh, my heart goes out to anybody, any caregivers, because it was the hardest thing I've ever done and the best thing I've ever done. This, know? I understand. I agree. Because so, taking care of somebody every day, 24-7, is really draining and yet at the same time is the biggest blessing. Yeah, it really is. To do that is Honestly, I think about back about it now. It's like I said, it's just been just over three years. And I think, was that real? How did I, you don't even know, it doesn't seem real. You know, like how did you do everything you did and be on call and that phone would ring and, you know, in the middle of the night and you, you just, you never knew what, where you're going to be and when you're going to the hospital or wow. what happened. So, but anyway, wow. I digress. Um, <laughs> I digress. Well, <laughs> that's okay. I like, it's an interesting digression. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And part um, of my, into, you know, really getting into the energy healing and, and especially as it relates to healing meditations was as much for me to get through that process. Cause you'd come home at night and before I'd go to sleep, you know, I would literally do one of these meditations, you know, a guided meditation and I would and focus on her healing and on my healing and, and strength to be able to continue to do what I needed to do. It was benefiting me as well. Cause it was like, I need to be strong to do what I need to do every day mm-hmm. and deal with the family because you know, everybody deals with that differently you know you end up with family members who you know my father had a hard time dealing with it and you can understand why you know 50 50 plus years of marriage and it's like i they don't know how to it's hard you know they may not know what to do yeah and and it's so sad to them it may be just devastating yes or, or they just can't deal with it you know what i mean they just like I, I, they don't know how to face it because again i digress but that in that generation it was just structure you know I was, was a breadwinner did this and, and, and the wife raised the kids and you know and did all and did everything did all the rest of this stuff and and all of a sudden they feel helpless because they're the ones that were in control and now it's like i can't control any of this and, and it's going to change my whole world 
Exactly. Exactly. It's tough. It is tough. So I'm going to, now I'm going to go on to the, now I want the dousing rods. They have always interested me. Would you tell your story? Because I know you use them for certain things, but how did you start using them? Okay. The dousing rods. First of all, I'm going to tell you how the dousing rods came into my life, which is kind of a crazy story all by itself. It it, it's kind of, it's related to the Victorian house again. So where the Victorian house sets, these rods actually belong to a lady who had since passed. They lived in the house that was probably less than a block away, five houses away from the Victorian house, okay, down the street behind it. And mm-hmm. as they were getting older, they wanted to, they, they wanted to sell their original house because it was a two-story and, you know, couldn't get around. So they sold their house, and my father was a contractor, and we had houses and apartments in that area. So my father built them a ranch home for their retirement years, which was even closer to the Victorian house, literally, say, half a block away. If that, I mean, across the street, around the alley, right? It's right there. Building this house, okay. Fast forward to they passed away, okay. They were at a point where they're both gone, and the house was up for auction. My family, my dad built that house, and it, and so my father and I were there at the auction. And long story short, I'm like, we need to buy the house back, and I kind of pushed him, which he was he wanted to too. He, I'm like, we know the house, you built the house, so let's buy the house back, and then you know we'll rent it out. So he bought the house. Okay, mm. my family bought the house back. The only thing left in that house were these dousing rods. <laughs> you know, the kids' family had, had removed everything else from the house. The only thing left in that house, when it was all sent after the auction, everything was done, we, we got possession of the house, these dousing rods. My father found the dousing rods. He's like, do you want these ball? These were in the house. And I'm like, uh, yes, I want those. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I was just like, I don't even know how to use them. I mean, I've seen them used, and I've, but I'm like, yes, I want those. Because <laughs> You just kind of get that aha moment, like, I'm supposed to have those. And it was so close to the Victorian house and all the things that happened there. That's how I ended up with these rods. I almost used her name, but she, those rods, I really believe for me, for me to have. So I have those rods. I'm like, okay. And they're, they're not your normal dousing rods. Most of them are, you know, you'll see them. They're six inches, maybe a foot long. These are like two and a half feet long. Okay. And they're just solid piece of copper, just an L shape, if you will. They're not even in a loose where they spin. I mean, it's a solid, it's just solid piece of copper. So you got to hold them light in your hands, but they're very long. So I'm like, everybody take a burp, great wide berth because these things, start, <laughs> I need six feet. So it kind of works great, you know, during COVID to just stay outside the dousing rods. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke. Was, no, that was actually very good. <laughs> bad joke. Nobody will be con- confused about how far away to be. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? I'm sure that, the, you know, they used, in, you know, who knows how long, you know, where they came from before that, but they were probably used for water. Because, I mean, my grandfather used those. Everybody, you know, they, they used those to find water back in the day. Right. The way they found it. So, so I started using these rods. Well, they're, like I said, they're very long. So to me... I think that makes them even more sensitive. It's kind of like a, I picture them as being an antenna. They just pick up on that vibration, pick up on that energy. So I started using them. I really just started using them when I was in the Victorian house because I've only, only been doing it for a few years, I guess. Might be a little bit more than a few, but it seems like it's only been a couple. Three, three, <laughs> uh, probably six. Started using them in the house. They, I'm, I'm still amazed when I use them because you can literally, what I love about it is the vibration. Because one of the things... That, that I feel is I feel vibrations. Like I can pick up stones, crystals, even even rocks, and I I'll feel the vibration. And everything has a little different. You'll feel the energy and the vibration. Uh-huh. Everything, all of us, and everything has has a vibration. 
And so in these rods, it's like it amplifies that. You just, you know, it's real because it's like, this is, this is picking up on energy, you know? And so I use it a lot in the house and I use them in the house for us to communicate. We've started doing that with, you know, with some of the past residents. We've done some, some paranormal tours of the house. We could sign up and do a tour. This is all pre-COVID but with small groups. And at the end of that tour, we do a tour and then we let them do some ghost hunting on their own. Part of what we do is get everybody back together, talk about their experiences. And then I would use the rods and we could ask some questions as a group. Because sometimes these people knew each other. Sometimes they didn't, you know, it's usually a group of 12, but doesn't mean they all know each other. It could be 12 and of groups of two people each, you know. So we'd use the rods to, to basically kind of ask some of the questions of some of the resident, past residents of the house, or, or maybe try to clarify some of the things that had happened to them. It's just been amazing. What's kind of come from that is often we've had relatives of the people that are there, like some of the relatives of some of us that are in the ghost guild, and then relatives of just the people that are there for the tour will come through to talk to their loved ones. Come full circle what I was talking to you about. They they come and say, you can hear me? Okay, I want to talk to so-and-so and tell them something. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and, they, and they end up like lining up, you know, because sometimes you get, you know, if you have a dozen people and then all of a sudden there's like, I want to talk. No, I want to talk. Like, okay. <laughs> saying, uh, more than once and they laugh at me. I'm like, I'll say it out loud one at a time. I... <laughs> I mean, I can hear you, but I, I can't distinguish how many people there are. I just know there's a lot of different voices coming at me from people that want to talk to somebody that's there. And then with the rods, what's nice with the rods is it's a visual confirmation for people, you know, with the yes and no for, to their questions. And then also, though, sometimes I'm like, who, who is it? Because I'm like, I don't know this person. Which one? And they'll point to the somebody. And I'm like, those, I'm like, they, there's someone who wants to talk to you. And it's about this. And I'll just tell them what's in my head. And they're like, they'll, they usually get this strange look on their face like, oh, my gosh, that's my grandmother or that's so-and-so. And I was just asking and hoping somebody would come. I'm like, and it, it'll come it'll come out that they were they were manifesting it. They were asking for that person to come talk to them or wondering about what happened. So it's kind of the medium piece of, you know, ship of my, uh, for me, has kind of come out of those events where, all of a sudden, you know, one, when just, hey, I've got these rods. Let's see, you know, it's a tool that we'll use in ghost hunting. And all of a sudden now it's come to be a tool that I use to com- confirm the confirmation of, you know, spirits that are coming through for different people. We've done this a lot, you know, even with our own group, you know, with someone like Harry that's in our group. His When his mother passed here more recently, she came through and his and some of his other relatives and, and other members of the group we've done the same thing with. Which is kind of, it's nice when you do it with them because then you can get honest answers back for sure. Like, yeah, no, that was this, this happened. And you kind of get confirmation of what, what we're hearing or I'm being told. Yeah, that's really great. You know, I, I do have a question. When those, when you've got that many coming at you, talking to you? Yes. Do you hear it in your head or in your, in, or in your ears? Good question. I hear it in my mind's eye. Got you, it. So I hear it in my head. It's like you see it, but you, you hear it in your head. It's not, it's not audible. It's literally the answer is like, no, is that, did I really hear that? No, this is the, you know, and it'll say, this is the answer. I'm like, okay. And the challenge with doing this for anybody, I think everybody has these abilities. It's about being focused. You know, you have to get into the zone before you do this. You got to let go of all the noise in the day, which is the hardest part for us. You know, right. you know it's that human condition is we got to let go of the noise and just be, be in the moment. And then the other thing is really important is to protect yourself in those situations. When you sit down and you open yourself up to the voices, if you will, you know, to the spirit, you need to protect. I believe, and I do this every time I do this, is you, you protect yourself. 
you protect yourself with universal God, whatever you you know want to want to call that or whatever you perceive that to be, but universal God's universal white protection. And again, it's a white light, has a vibration. And in my mind, I do the same thing, very similar to the energy healing, is that white protection light is surrounding you. It's shielding you. And I visualize shields. It's literally white light of shield. Think of it as a force field around you mm-hmm. or a group of people. And it spins and it's fight. And it literally, again, it's God, it's good, it's love. It's 100% pure, unconditional love. And that trumps everything else. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Love does trump everything else. And, it, and you push it out the darkness at bay. And the darkness cannot come in if you truly believe that, that it's protection and that you truly believe. You have to become one, you know, with your God source and believe that God is here and God is in me and because he, he lives within me, the universal love. Mm-hmm. You've done That's this several times with the white light, haven't you? Yes, a lot. I've done it a lot through my life, different times, not really understanding what it was. I've always felt like this protection, you know, which is, again, I pictured as this white, swirling light and energy. It's energy. Visually, you look at it as white and positive. It surrounds me and flows through me. It's not of me, but I'm a part of it. Because, again, it has I think that has to do with you know, being one one with your creator or whatever you believe in. You can channel it, if you will. You can use that light to say, uh, you know, just like you do with the healing, you know, it's like it's manifest it or give it to someone else, but it's coming through you. It's not you doing it. I understand that. And I think it's really good that you're doing a really good job of explaining it because it is hard for people to understand if they've never done it before. Right. And a lot of people think it's you do. I did. I used to think that, well, I have to do this. And I had, again, I've had, I've been lucky to have some very, very wonderful, beautiful teachers who said, if you think about it, it's not really you. I'm like, yeah, it isn't me. You're right. You know, and to explain it even to me that it's not me. I mean, you can give your energy. I went through this back with my mom where I was giving my energy, you know, like it just, take my energy to make her strong. And you can do that. It's not what you need to do. It's not what you're supposed to do. You need to ask God to, you know, give her energy. It's bigger than just you. You are a piece of that. You channel the universal energy. But, yeah, it's kind of like being a conduit for electricity. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I look at this protection is I'm literally the conduit. I'm literally, it's just, it flows through me because I'm aware that it's there. I believe that it's there. If anything, maybe just it amplifies because I believe the fact that we believe and we will, and it's our, you know, we will it to be manifested. It's about, you know, again, it's kind of like manifesting things. If, you know, people, you will it. So I've done that. Yes, I've done it in the groups. I've done, I do that in the house often. I did it one time, a story that we were talking about. Oh, I'd about. love you to tell that story. That was a great one about that. Yes. Yeah. We were in the house and we were doing an investigation. It was, it was in the Victorian house. And I will say I sense the negative energy, some negativity coming through. One of the, it has to do with the people that are there. Because, again, you get 12 people in the room. They all are bringing, think of it, we all bring our baggage. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Everybody's bringing their own baggage. <laughs> all bring their own baggage. And so, and, and honestly, it's hard because when you, when you do that and you get multiple people, you're, that energy and being an empath and then you start getting like, oh, whoa, 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 what is that? And it's hard to separate, like, where this stuff is coming from. So we felt some negative. Anyway, we had this group say about a dozen people, I'm feeling like there's negative things starting to happen or pushing to get in, if you will. It can be very bold. I'm like, we have a group there and I feel this sense of, always felt this sense of protection and responsibility. I need to protect these people even if they don't know, because some of them are very, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And they don't realize that, you know, this could be a, a bad thing. They've opened themselves up to, if you will. So I'm surrounding everybody, again, with this, in my mind, I'm literally doing this protection prayer, um, meditation, 
forcing that light and that, that shield out around everyone, picturing it as spinning, spinning white light and love, just literally pushing whatever there might be in its darkness. Because it's not like you always, you don't have all the answers. Like when you see darkness or you feel it, you can't always see what it is. You just know it's there and you need to trust your instinct, trust your intuition. If you think it's there, if you feel it, it's, you need to trust yourself. Right. Well, you you can see it. Well, you don't always see it. Sometimes you can just, you just have this gut feeling and you need to trust your gut. So I pushed that out and I I was focusing all my energy as they were were doing this investigation and they're still doing it. I'm focusing all my energy on this white light that's spinning around us and shoving anything that might be negative away from, you know, what we're doing because they're opening up asking for the, you know, the spirits of whoever to talk to us and they're doing, you know, with the investigation and I'm focusing on, keep the darkness away, you know? <laughs> yeah. Harry Wilson, that is part of our group, and, you know, our ghost guild group. After we were done with this, I was telling, I started, I was going to start to tell Harry, I said, Harry, you know, I felt there was some, when we did that, there was some darkness. There was some stuff that I just felt didn't need to come in. I wasn't sure what it was, but it didn't feel like love and light. And, and that what I started to do, he's, and he stopped me. He goes, all I could see at that time is this white, love and energy just swirling around me and all I could see was white and he, he but he told us this like in that group right right before I told him what was happening and I said well this is what I was doing he said and he literally described exactly what he's doing so but he saw his mind he felt exactly what I was imagining the way I imagined it happening he saw this white light was literally surrounding all of us and keeping all this darkness I just had this weird experience and he's telling about this and I'm like um Okay, this is what it's doing. I don't think it was a that it works. <laughs> well, I was really, I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Oh my gosh, it had that kind of validation. Yes. Really, that's so wonderful. What a gift. We very rarely get validation. So, exactly. It, it really, to me, I mean, I believe, 100% believe that it worked. But that was just like, oh my gosh. And for him, for Harry, he may, you know, tell that story too at some point. And I know he's told others about it that it is. It's like, okay, that makes sense. You feel this way, you believe this, and then you get that validation. It's like, that's enough for me to go, yes, thank you for the sign that it really is. Yes, because even though you know it's true, having right. someone else confirm it really does help. Like having yes. a witness, you know, just really helps. Yes. Like what the ghost even say, well, I think it's this and that, or I feel this and that. But it's so nice to have some type of outside confirmation. And I know that you guys have gotten some great documentation at the Victorian house. I know May uh, Rosella has. Yes. You know, that's the kind of stuff that you need. I don't know. Some, when I've had ex- things happen, like I do feel a little on the crazy side, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's a little helpful to have somebody say, oh, no, I've had that happen, right? Exactly. Exactly. 100% agree. So, but yeah, yes, Rosella has been, she's been at the house a number of times. She's, anybody that comes to the house falls in love with the house. And she, she is, loves that house. Yes, she, she is. She is 100% in love with that house, which you, you just can't, you can't not be, especially if you're open and in tune to that. You come in, what you feel is just, you just feel like you're coming home. Everybody grabs mm-hmm. it as you feel like it's coming home. And it's pretty, pretty amazing place. Well, you guys have done a good job of trying to keep it that way too. I mean, because you don't let bad things happen there. We, you know, you absolutely. Don't. We really, really try to protect, not to let bad things happen and not to just let anybody come in willy nilly and, and, and invite negative things in. Exactly. Know? Sometimes people do not realize what they're doing. I really don't think people are by nature mean. And don't know what they're doing. And if you can't see it and you can't, you can't smell it or you can't reach out 
and touch it, right. yeah, you don't know what you're doing or what you're calling something yeah. in. So yeah. I think it's Absolutely. really good that you guys take precautions because people just do what they need to do. And then you could end up with a house that isn't as nice as that one is. Right. I think, and I think we're lucky too. I think over the years here, you know, even, even before I was involved, there's been a number of light workers that have been involved with houses that sense that. And that house literally has been blessed by a number of people, literally protected. You know what I mean? Where they, they again, do that same protection prayer, if you will, or meditation over the house to protect it because it, it really is, some people would say a portal. I've had people describe it as it's a portal for, for the uh, spirits to come through. It seems to be very easy for them to come through at that location. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking was portal. Yes. So you could bring anything in if you're not careful. You can absolutely. And it really, it really is. I think that's probably a good way to describe it is it is the energy in that house and energy that just exists there. It is, it helps enhance. It makes it easy for them to come through. Uh And they believe that there's some underground aquifers. So there's underground rivers supposedly that run down this Kilbuck Valley. And so they say that there's a lot of underground rivers that run under that. So the supposedly, you know, that moving water has a lot to do with you know, enhancing the, the, the energy. Exactly what I've heard. Yeah, that mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of, and when you said aquifer underneath, I thought, oh, that'll do it. And yes. if there's a little limestone around there too, that won't hurt. I mean, limestone's yeah. another, what I hear, enhancer. Yes, yes. And so I don't know if there's yeah, aquifer there's or yeah. limestone or not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, there's some limestone around in that area. That's where we're at and where in Millersburg, and this is interesting, the last glacier stopped right in Millersburg, right south of Millersburg, right there. So we have a lot of hills and stuff in this area, and Mm -hmm. there is the dirt that was left after the glacier retreated. So the most recent ice age stopped where we're at. And there's supposedly some ley lines that go through this area as well. So I I don't know. It's it's interesting. There's just so much bits and pieces of information out there that you, you would love to be able to, like, put it all together and figure out what, you know, what's going on. And there's a lot of other really unique phenomenon in this county that they can't explain. There's an underground tunnels that they don't know why happened. And, you know, there's been some Indian mounds. There's actually one in Millersburg on the top of the hill in the cemetery. And it's been identified. The last day or someone came in and confirmed was an Indian mound on the top. So we've got a lot of Native American energy as well in the, in this area from some of the things that happened. But I think that, you know, that's, that's everywhere. I mean, you know, you can have that in a lot of different places. You can talk more stories about that. You know, it's, uh, we've had some either Mayan or Native American uh, spirits come through even at the house. Really? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a story probably for another time. But. Yeah, I think it better be for another time because I think yeah. we have to wrap this up, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you being on today, Paul. I, I will once again say before we stop what we're doing, well, if people have questions and you raise some great things that people might have questions about, Paul, mm-hmm. white light and energy medicine. Mm-hmm. And not to mention dousing rods, which I think is just great that you do manage that Facebook page. Is that correct? I do. I do manage the the Victorian House Ghost Guild. So it's a VH Ghost Guild page on Facebook. I do manage that. So if you message through there and say, hey, Paul, I have a question, I will eventually get that as well. Great. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I also put it on, I have a show notes page and a website that it'll go on there too so they can find you. Okay. So anyway, I really appreciate you doing this today. It has been really interesting. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the, the opportunity. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to share it with others you think would also be interested. If you'd like to know more about me, go to maryannpoll.com and or authormasterminds.com 
forward slash M-A-R-Y dash A-N-N dash P-O-L-L. Until next time, may the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, and the good Lord walk beside you.